from the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to hour two of our little show here. Dr. Ray Pete has a PhD in biology from University of Oregon. He specialized in physiology. He's taught at schools like University of Oregon, Urbana College, Montana State University, Natural College of Naturopathic Medicine, University Diodad in Veracruz, and some other places in Mexico that I can't pronounce. He started his work with progesterone and related hormones in 68. He did papers on those and um, all kinds of pretty geeky things when it comes to the body. And he's been studying these things since that for a long time. Uh, has quite a following around the world. His website is raypeat.com and we're, we're honored to have him back because we have lots of good questions for him. Well, good morning, Dr. Pete. Good morning. How are things out there on the left coast? I've been sunny the last couple of days. Really? We just talked to Dave Stetzer that had a couple of feet of global warming on the ground there in, in Wisconsin. So, <laughs> 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 Dr. Pete, um, how do you spend your days generally up there where you are? Usually reading. Reading. How do you know when you read all this stuff? How do you know what's kind of like Right or medium oh, um, or fake news? I mean, how do you know? I, when I first went to college, I was a, a literature English major. Uh, for for several years, I, I uh, specialized in English literature mostly, uh, and uh, doing doing that, you learn uh, what, how to, how to really interpret who a person is. Just from fairly short uh, passages of their writing, uh, you can tell uh, pretty much what their philosophy is, uh, what their mind is like, just from the way they make a few sentences. And uh, starting uh, almost a hundred years ago, uh, science and medical journals uh, started uh, imposing a, a way of writing uh, that. Uh, Creates the impression that there's no person present, and uh, despite that stylized, impersonal, so-called objective way of writing, you can detect uh, at at some level you can detect uh, the mind of the person behind those pseudo-objective sentences, uh, and uh, I think of uh, science and medical writing as political propaganda writing. It's the same as reading the newspaper. Uh, you know it's going to be 90% lies, but uh, you figure out the motives, uh, why why they chose that subject to write on. Uh, and uh, uh, the motives will explain uh, the way they use their terms, mm-hmm. the assumptions they make, mm-hmm. uh, and the conclusions, the way they draw conclusions from the evidence. Very interesting. Similar to, I guess, 
that people have begun to discern just fake news in general when it comes to politics or science or, or whatever. Much much better than 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. But, but still, most people are, are gullible. Yeah. Uh, like, like what they're saying about Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, Right. It has has the biggest oil and gold deposit <laughs> in the world, and, and, and it's democracy we're interested in. I know. Just isn't it interesting to, to watch that? And all these countries that have gathered up and said, "Oh yeah, this new guy, he's our guy." You know, he, he's our guy. <laughs> it's very curious, isn't it, when it comes to money? Oh boy, yes, indeed. You can just spot it. I mean, I smell it. You know, a while, but I've studied the money thing for quite a few years, so. I guess after you study things for a long time, like I've done with the financial world for 25 years, you, you just kind of, like you said, you kind of smell it, right? You just kind of intuit that the people have a, a particular position one way or another. Uh, yeah, yeah, dietitians and mm-hmm. uh, doctors writing about statins or, yeah. or other sure. billion-dollar drugs. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what are some of the subjects that you get, like, you know, just top of the line interest in these days, Doctor Pete. Uh, parts, organs, or parts of the body, or particular illnesses. Do you see some things uh, keep showing up in number one, two, three, like over the last year or so that that kind of spark for you? Um, always, uh, hair loss and obesity are, are the most common. But, oh. Uh, oh. There, there's an awful lot of uh, cancer recently. Uh, cancer is displacing heart disease uh, in the people I've been talking to. Uh, and uh, uh, two or three days ago, I, I uh, heard from a, a veteran who had had 20 vaccinations and then had uh, uh, immune suppression therapy and then developed cancer. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I think uh, the things we're being exposed to are creating cancer in young people, uh, uh, it, it isn't being publicized because people generally think about uh, an age-related cancer, but uh, just in the last 10 years, there, there's been a big surge in uh, cancer in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Air, food, and water, the basics, are getting uh, toxic? Um, uh, yeah, the, the um, combination of... Uh, uh, lots of PUFA in the diet, mm-hmm. lots of radiation. Uh, tongue cancer is practically an epidemic uh, compared to what it used to be. Uh, tongue cancer, uh, tonsil cancer, eye cancer, thyroid and brain cancer from combination of cell phones around the head and dental x-rays. Wow. Tongue cancer, is that is um source of that? Do we know? I, I think oral uh, x-rays are probably the best explanation for that. Oh, well, they over-x-ray when you go in and, uh, um, you mean, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they talk about the new sensitive uh, instruments that uh, don't make as much radiation per exposure, but then they give you panoramic uh, scenery uh, x-rays that uh, uh Make make dozens of exposures, even though each one is is low uh, exposure. But uh, the, some of them is much much more than people used to get. Yeah, a cinemascope and whatever they really 
they, they, yeah, they really go for it now. I'll be darned. Huh. Um, if you have a question for Ray P, we have lots of emails already. Patrick at one radio network.com. Patrick at one radio network.com. Several emails after your last show and folks were, were wondering why you were suggesting possibly the, the synthetic uh, hormone replacement rather than the the pig nature thoroid. Nature thoroid is that how you say? It? Uh, oh, um, I don't know about that particular brand, but uh, there there are now lots of uh, uh, desiccated thyroid gland products available. But a uh, hundred years ago, uh, and up until the nineties. Uh, the Armour Company was the main producer yes. of desiccated thyroid, and there were a couple other companies that made extremely good products. But they were testing every batch from from the they took it from a, a beef and pork both, and you could get the type you wanted or a mixture. But every batch was standardized in potency by testing it on mice. In the 90s, that stopped, and then one of the major producers uh, started extracting and selling uh, thyrocalcitonin from the powder. So uh, you can't tell uh, whether the powder is uh, the entire gland the way it used to be 100 years ago when all of the great uh, research was being done. Uh, now you're likely to get a, a fractionated uh, extract from the thyroid gland. And since they don't standardize it on mice, um, I, in, in Mexico I got some uh, thyroid glands from the slaughterhouse and found that they had almost no thyroid activity. Something had been uh, in the animal feed apparently that uh, ruined their thyroid uh, so if you aren't standardizing the product, the only way you can tell what you're getting is to uh, get a good batch of a particular product and, and then test it on yourself. And with a natural product, uh, it takes about two months of uh, uh, adjusting the dose to really know uh, how much you should be taking, where with the uh, the Two or three good uh, synthetic process uh, products, uh, they they are uh, uh, adjusted uh, to to a standard. Uh, for example, I've been using Ceno Plus, uh, which was based on Armour Thyroid's uh, composition. I, I've been using this one product for uh, about thirty years, and uh, the the potency hasn't noticeably changed. And so there's no issues with the fact that it's a synthetic, as far as you can tell, or um, it, yeah, it, it's it was designed by the Armour uh, Thyroid Company itself to imitate their own Armour Thyroid USP, uh, and uh, now the the synthetic is uh, continuing that same composition, uh, and new companies that try to make. Uh, T3 or T4 or the combination, uh, if they don't test it on some animal, 
those materials are very hard <clears throat> to um, keep functional in a pill. Uh, and so uh, with those, if you don't use the well-known products such as Thyrolar or Xenoplus, uh, then it's a matter of testing those over a period of a few weeks. I see. Very interesting. So you're, you're willing as a researcher and when you talk to people, if there's any downside at all, and what are you, you're pretty sure there's not with a downside of the synthetic to do that because you're more, you're more sure you're getting exactly what you need or want? I mean, yeah, I, I hear <clears throat> almost every day one or two stories of bad results with a so-called glandular. Uh, there, there are lots of <clears throat> things uh, that, uh, can go wrong with the glandular. For example, they'll um, put additives in it or desiccated uh, liver along with the hmm. desiccated gland, and uh, chemicals in, in the either in the liver or the other additives can alter the effect of the thyroid. Yeah, I guess if you really thought about it deeply without getting too dark, uh, if, if the animals are being fed antibiotics or right or hmm, growth hormones or even gmo grain or something that could affect the thyroid as well i guess uh, oh, oh yeah uh, if they give them fattening diet with lots of pufa uh, that, <laughs> oh, that blocks the thyroid <laughs> maybe we maybe they need to make an organic right an organic desiccated thyroid or something i don't know wow very interesting uh, we had a question i have an email here that uh the lady wanted to understand more about the 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 desiccated thyroid. She has a 60 grain, and it gives you so much T4 and so much T3. I had the the uh, the numbers here that she wrote. Um, uh, yeah, they usually say uh, 40, nine, 30, nine and right. thirty-eight. Right. Uh, but uh, as far as I can tell, those numbers are something that the FDA told them to put on the label. Oh, good. Yeah, it's not necessarily uh, what it is. Uh, that's my impression because uh, the, unless you standardize it uh, on, on an animal, <clears throat> uh, if you just uh, do the tests on the actual pill, the, the desiccated thyroid, uh, 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 a chemist several years ago uh, took a, a product from Thailand and saw on the label uh, it said, 18 and 76 uh, micrograms uh, of, of the substances. Uh, he tested for those and found zero in the product. And zero. I explained, <laughs> zero, yeah. And I explained that uh, that's normal. The gland should contain zero T3 and zero T4. Uh, but when we eat it, we digest it and produce <clears throat> the digestive process creates those hormones when you eat the gland. <clears throat> and so so he hydrolyzed the, the pills with acid, then tested it, and they did have exactly what they claimed. But it's simply false, uh, an FDA fiction, uh, to put on a, on a, a glandular product that it contains... T3 and T4, the FDA 
really is that ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, well, surprise, surprise, say, Dr. Uh, Pete. You know what? I want to do a, a quick break, and I, I'm going to call you back on a different line. I'm getting some clicks and clunks. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, have you heard you're them? Sounding, I, you're sounding fuzzy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I think it's this line. I'm hopefully that on a new line it's going to be clearer. So if you would hang up, I'm going to call you back directly. You'll hear a commercial playing when you pick up. And uh, let's, I think there's a problem with the line I'm on, okay? Okay. All right, let's do that. One of the fun and easy things we do with this Pearl Seam product is brush our teeth with it. But as we look deeper into this product, taking it internally is really kind of magical. Calcium metabolism basically affects the whole metabolism and also your whole energetic systems. Literally, the calcium is the powerhouse for our energy, and it also carries the energy everywhere. So whatever we do, you know, either thinking um, or doing any work, it's all, you know, calcium is a carrier to put, you know, get the energy over there. And, and recently, we had a Professor Paul on our show on the electromagnetic fields, and he explained very clearly how these things were interfering with the proper calcium getting into the, the cells. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. I completely agree with his um, uh, his research because everything is actually a field, you know, vibrational field. Even our body is a field. And also pearl can really, you know, really alter the whole vibrational field because it has this crystalline structure. And this crystalline structure carries the most positive energy and also information and matter. And so when it gets into the body, um, it is com- changed the completely vibrational field. So it can heal us at a very deep level. Well, Dr. Rulin Shu, we love the sound of that. Heal us at a deep level. Why not give it a try? Click on the front page of OneRadioNetwork.com. You'll see the ad, green container, Pearl Seam, OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with cardiologist Dr. Joel Kahn, 35 years experience in cardiology. On your commercial break, you hit a hot button because I'm a giant fan of infrared sauna and the cardiac benefits. Tell us about uh, why you like these saunas for the heart. What does it do? In Japan, it's a traditional therapy of heart disease to even sick heart patients to sit for 15 or 20 minutes in an infrared sauna, then lie down and rest and hydrate for about half an hour. They call it wa-on. W-A-O-N. It means soothing heat. And they've done research studies, like 30 of them, in humans. Anti-ages your arteries and improves the strength of your heart, and it may actually prolong survival in sick heart patients. Anybody can just, again, go to the Internet, read about infrared sauna heart disease, or put my name there because I've written many articles about it. Now there's data coming out of Sweden and Finland because they've published some amazing data that number of times a week you're in a sauna, number of minutes each time, you can just track out how long you're going to live. So very powerful therapy by being in, my favorite is an infrared sauna. Well, I don't know about you, but if the heart muscles and the arteries are happy, things are good. Very important. We promote the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Special price, not in print, nine ninety five delivered continental U.S. Get your heart and keep your heart and arteries in fine shape by using... The Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Email me for the special price, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Okay, it is uh, the 19th of uh, February. Dr. Pete, are you there? Uh, yes, that ad was very uh, 
interesting in relation to thyroid because raising your body temperature is one of the basic essential things that the thyroid hormone does. Uh, Broda Barnes, who was a pioneer in uh, the prevention of heart disease, uh, judged his thyroid dose for his patients on the basis of their temperature. Uh, if they woke up uh, uh, very far from 98 degrees uh, uh, and didn't rise to 98.6 by the afternoon, he would adjust their thyroid dose until uh, that's the way their temperature varied during the day. And in his long practice of 30 years or so, he didn't have any one of his patients die from heart disease. Uh, Solve the Riddle of Heart Attacks was, was the name of his book. And even if you just warm up your body with a hot bath regularly, uh, that does many of the things that the thyroid hormone does. And the way... Uh, the uh, thyroid function is currently being estimated uh, by the medical profession all around the world the last uh, 20 years or so uh, on the basis of the thyroid stimulating hormone, a pituitary hormone in the blood. Uh, that rises when we're deficient in uh, the actual thyroid function. And, and uh, in when you're correcting the body temperature and keeping your oxygen consumption up, your TSH goes very low. Uh, a healthy population uh, was found uh, to have no thyroid cancer if their TSH was four, uh, 0.4 or below, uh, in effect, below the so-called normal range. Hmm. Uh, so, and yeah. the TSH itself, the thyroid-stimulating hormone, rises when your uh, thyroid is malfunctioning, and the TSH promotes inflammation, promotes hypertension, uh, the degenerative processes associated with low thyroid function. Many of them are directly caused by the TSH, yet doctors won't prescribe thyroid until you get uh, extremely high TSH. And, and maybe that's a connection, on, as you said, on the infrared sauna and the heart and the thyroid and the, the, the temperature and all that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I'm wondering, so if folks have a high TSH, higher than what, and you're, you're way down there, how do we know if, if we want to give the, the body a T4 or T3? Uh, r really, um, most people, most men, uh, will get along with either of them. In the 1940s, when synthetic thyroid came out, uh, the product was tested on male medical students, uh, men in their early 20s, and they found that T4 thyroxine worked just like natural armor thyroid, and hmm. that was the basis for prescribing it. But Starting in the late 40s, it, people uh, created the the idea that only 5% of the American population needed uh, a thyroid supplement because they were testing the blood, not the temperature. Uh, and they found that uh, the iodine in the blood uh, was uh, deficient only in 5% for 20 uh, years that went on until they discovered that iodine in the blood 
has no correlation with thyroid function. <laughs> it isn't the thyroid hormone that we're measuring. That's amazing. So they, cre- they created this horrible myth. Uh, and and then as the good test, uh, uh, such as uh, radioimmunoassay for TSH, as that came out, they uh, stretched the normal range to fit the, the myth that only 5% needed uh, thyroid supplement. Interesting. So in general... If folks wanted to get their body temperature up, they could either do the, the T4, T3 combo or just a little bit of the, the, the T3 and, and uh, experiment with it and get their body temperature up? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, women, the, the, that myth was created on the basis of, of young men. Mm-hmm. But women of all ages, especially when their estrogen is high, are sometimes extremely insensitive to a T4 supplement. I'll be done. And it can actually lower their thyroid function by suppressing the TSH and turning off the the conversion of wow. T4 to T3. Uh, <laughs> the first thing that got me interested uh, 40 years ago was uh, knowing of a patient at the University of Oregon Medical School who was brought in uh, comatose because her doctors had started her on uh, 100 micrograms of thyroxine and she got worse. They raised it uh, in steps up to 400 micrograms of thyroxine, and she went into a coma. Uh, and in the hospital, someone knew about the function of, of the liver and T3, gave her uh, T3. Immediately, she came out of the coma and was norm- normal. But that shows that the, the female liver uh, has to uh, convert T4 to T3 like the male liver, but estrogen blocks that process. So that's why women have about uh, from five to ten times the incidence of, of thyroid deficiency as men. Oh, because of the estrogen in, in the body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We, we had a gentleman on the show, a doctor, um, MD type, um, and he was suggesting that if you did a fraction of free T3 and the bottom number would be the reverse T3, that that, that, now, that number wants to be about 20 to 1. Does that sound reasonable to you? Uh, it, I think it's probably ideal, but mm. uh, people get along with, with a much lower much, ratio. Than that. A lower ratio. And, and the, the actual ratio varies from tissue to tissue, but if you only have the blood to look at, it's good to have a, a fairly... High ratio of, of uh, T3, T3 to reverse T3. I was reading on your form, and you gave us the uh, the website, and we put that up there, the, the Mexican place, and it seems like a reputable organization where people can just get the, the T3. I think it's like $13 or something. And But I, I've seen on your, on your form that folks are actually putting it into a powder and just doing a little bit every few hours, which is kind of clunky, but why doesn't it work if you would just take a, like uh, the T3 is what twenty five micrograms, which is very small. But you, that's um, that's too much to take at one time. Talk about uh, yeah. The, the the liver is the main source naturally. Okay. And, and so if we produce, uh, say, four hundred micrograms uh, of uh, uh, T4 at maximum. T3 uh, or T4. Uh, of, of T4, our liver will convert maybe a fourth of that to T3. So okay. Uh, at the very maximum, we're getting 100 micrograms per day uh, or a maximum of four micrograms per hour. Mm-hmm. But on, on average, we're about half that 
for normal functioning. Uh, and uh, so the normal uh, hourly production uh, should be around two micrograms. And if you take 25 at once, the liver experiences that tenfold excess Not good. Uh, yeah. and uh, sh- shuts down. Uh, I experimented myself taking a hmm. 25 microgram only in the morning. And uh, after two weeks, I noticed in the mirror that uh, my thyroid gland, uh, there was a depression on each side of my Adam apple, Adam's apple where the gland should be, and it wasn't there. But uh, the, the real problem was that at sunset, my heart began stopping. Oh, good. Uh, uh, ten, ten times per minute, it would stop for a few seconds. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the, there would be a few regular beats and then a pause uh, of two or three beats. Uh, and I, I found that when my heart was having those episodes, if I took 10 micrograms of T3 and shoot it up, within about 15 seconds, the perfect rhythm would be back. And I realized that I had activated my liver enzymes to the point that they were throwing off the T3 and creating a profound deficiency in just 12 hours from the single pill. But if one was going to use a T3, would they have to do this every couple hours, like for a long time? That's Pretty time-consuming, uh, uh, isn't it? Yeah, a friend of mine and his wife were were on the train uh, going to Chicago, and he had a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. <clears throat> and they started uh, taking his blood enzymes, ensuring that part of his heart was dying and and releasing enzymes. And they were graphing it, uh, showing the the steady rise. And they said that would uh, keep up for for four days. Uh, and if he survived, then it would gradually correct itself but uh, on the first day his wife happened to have some t3 and uh, started giving him one microgram per hour with a glass of orange juice (laughs) and that afternoon his enzymes started normalizing downhill Uh, the doctors said that never happened and that he had to stay in the hospital for four days but uh, he went home and was fine interesting but so I guess could you could you powder the the T3 and then uh, do maybe mix it with liquid and you dose it out that way? Oh, um, uh, yeah, getting it finely divided. So yeah, how would you do people, that? Some people just nibble, t- take a little crumb off the side of a tablet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have sharp teeth, mm-hmm. or you could powder and just take a little dose of the powder yeah. and yeah. and and maybe get twenty five micrograms over the course of the day. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exact, just so you don't have those gigantic surges of yeah, 10 or yeah. 20 micrograms. Is there any chance that by doing that that you could help the thyroid along to I've, get yeah. better on its own? I, I've seen several people who uh, were, were doing silly things that suppressed their thyroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, doctor, endocrinologist, told her that her thyroid must be dead because yeah. she had no, no no thyroid function. And she started taking thyroid, and within a week, her whole, her whole pituitary had, had recovered. And there are published cases where Interesting. Uh, pe- people do recover their thyroid function just by taking a thyroid supplement. But it, it's fairly rare because uh, it, it's usually not just a short-term stress that has suppressed the gland, but a chronic stress. 
chronic yes, yes, so it could take a while. So again, before we leave the thyroid, I don't want to get bogged down. We have so many different places I'd like to go this morning. If the difference in taking T3, which you can get, or T or the T4, T3, you know, the common combination for the body is what? The difference? Uh, uh, the, the T4 is only active by conversion to T3, which activates the oxidative heat-producing process. But the T4, uh, even though it isn't metabolically active, it does act in the pituitary, which can do the conversion locally. And uh, so it uh, can be therapeutic just by suppressing your TSH. But but Mm. you have to take into account the heat production and and, uh, calorie burning of the T3. Mm. And the T4 takes a long time to equilibrate in the body from any dose that you're taking. It has a, a half-life in the body of about two weeks, where the T3 has a 12-hour or one-day uh, half-life. So you can uh, get up to normal quickly with T3, but uh, it takes several weeks to find uh, what your uh, stable uh, response to T4 is going to be. Okay. Uh, and um, one thing I should mention, uh, I got an email yesterday reminding me uh, that uh, uh, deep venous thrombosis uh, and other clotting problems are very, very easily, usually uh, resolved by a, a thyroid supplement. When your thyroid is low, your clotting is up. Uh, high uh, hyperthyroid people have difficulty forming clots, but low thyroid people will have uh, transient ischemic attacks and strokes and uh, thrombosis, uh, uh, legs and lungs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So another reason to have that, that thyroid happy. Yeah. 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 So other than the, I keep saying I'm going to leave, but there's so many people with the thyroid thing, it's like epidemic. Um, other than the, mm, the supplementation, before we leave thyroid, um, things we can do food-wise or lifestyle to boost the thyroid to get more back in balance. Any ideas there? Um, I, yeah, um, the PUFA are the main, uh, the polyunsaturated fats are the main things that interfere with thyroid production, transport, and response. Okay. But excess protein, uh, because of... Uh, two or three amino acids, uh, tryptophan, cysteine, and methionine are all the uh, uh, thyroid-suppressing amino acids. Ooh. So uh, if you eat too much protein in relation to carbohydrate, uh, that in itself is going to interfere with thyroid function. Very interesting. I've actually heard thyroid people that want to have you eat some animal protein in the morning to boost your thyroid. So, hmm. Uh, yeah, you need orange juice first to get your thyroid going. Uh, uh, orange juice is better for your thyroid than than, than animal protein? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. And you don't have to kill a cow. That's great. Okay. Um, let's move on here. Um, here's a lady that really enjoyed the first show. Hope Dr. Pete comes back. Um, I'm doing some liver, some eggs, some bone broth. Zero poofas, sourdough bread, ripe fruits, and she's giving her whole kind of diet. I feel much better, and my temperatures are higher. I sleep better. My question is is this. I've never had allergies or food to- intolerances, 
and uh, none of these foods are new to me. However, I get horrible, painful acne behind my ears and chin, below my ears, even if I back off the liver. Uh, any idea how I could find out what's causing this? Um, when I first supplemented uh, DHEA, uh, uh, I got acne. Uh, and uh, the thyroid, one of its most important functions is to increase your conversion of cholesterol to progesterone and DHEA. And uh, the uh, surge of new youth-related hormones can give a 50-year-old person teenage acne if your uh, nutrients aren't all in balance. Uh, Some shellfish, uh, uh, some liver, uh, uh, fibrous foods, uh, it it takes a a good balance of nutrients. Uh, And uh, too much protein relative to carbohydrate can dip your blood sugar and uh, cause a stress reaction that activates the, the production of cortisol, and if your thyroid is good, uh, the adrenals will make a surge of DHEA, uh, and that could uh, make the skin oily uh, and uh, uh, susceptible to uh, acne. So maybe she's just kind of getting a little younger. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, acne is a sign that the skin is... Uh, rejuvenating its oil and, and moisture glands. <laughs> so she, she's doing good, right? She's just, you know, getting younger. Uh, yeah, it, it increases your nutrient requirement. Uh, uh, the uh, thyroid stimulating uh, the conversion of cholesterol to progesterone, for example, greatly increases the consumption of vitamin A, and the vitamin A deficiency <clears throat> uh, makes your uh, immune system fail uh, can can make bacteria able to grow in your skin. So, and that's why the vitamin A is the whole one of the whole reasons why the pro cod liver fish oil people take the take these yeah. right because yeah. they say uh-huh. you need the vitamin A for your eyes and everything. Uh, yeah, and it, it comes with vitamin D in in uh, fish oil. Yeah, which you're not a fan of. That's like one of the worst poofers, right? The fish um, fish uh, oil. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, have you ever seen people do well with the uh, cod liver or fish oil over a long oh, period oh, of sure. time? Yeah. Uh, yeah, young people uh, do very well. Uh, when the thyroid is up, it can uh, consume, destroy, excrete uh, the fish oil fats. Uh, but when you're uh, under stress, the fish oil then tends to accumulate, break down, and produce inflammation and immune-suppressive products. It oxidizes almost instantly into immune suppressors if your liver is a little slow. Uh-huh. So in a perfect world, if one wanted to do cod liver oil, it, you, you wouldn't get all yellow fatted up or lipotuscan? No. Hmm? Uh, no uh, for, for a young person. For a young person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's John. He's in Australia. Could you ask Dr. Pete, if it's not too late, about the cell membrane and if it is not made of calcium and phospholipids to share what he believes, does he believe the cell membrane is a polarized water? Wow, that's quite a question. Um, actually, uh, I think it should be referred to as the cell surface, <clears throat> an interface between two two phases. And every interface between uh, uh, 
ionically different substances will have an electric double layer, uh, no matter what the substances are, if you uh, uh, examine it on the uh, electron microscope level, you'll see a polarization of whatever is there by this electric double layer. Uh, each substance has its own affinity for electrons, and when you put different substances together, uh, they compete for the electrons, and you get that uh, microscopic uh, reversal double layer electronic, uh, and that will polarize proteins or fats or ions, whatever is there, uh, and create the microscopic appearance of a, of a, a double uh, double layer bilayer, uh, which if there's a lot of fat around, it'll be a lipid bilayer. But that's a side effect, not 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 an org organ. Uh, in the 1960s, uh, disregarding the physics of the situation, uh, there was a great uh, movement to explain everything in terms of genes. Uh, the genetic theory of cancer mm -hmm. uh, was imposed by the government in the 1960s, and that came along with the uh, membrane mania. Uh, biologists yeah. just went crazy in the 1960s, creating new journals specializing in membranes. Uh, by the early 1970s, uh, that craze had died away. People like Gilbert Ling and Harold Hillman showed that Basically, they were looking at artifacts uh, that you can make a picture of a membrane, but there's um, it, there's no bar barrier membrane. Uh, that's what they believe in and impose in school, that there's a, a an electronic barrier membrane. Uh, Gilbert Ling long ago showed that uh, with uh, labeled isotopes, you can show that sodium moves in and out freely. There's absolutely no barrier to sodium, which was the, the whole philosophical basis for believing in, in a barrier membrane. So so what do we take away from this as far as learning about our health? It was a little geeky what you said. It was interesting. But what what, what could does this information do for us uh, taking care of our body? Um, one of the selling points for fish oil oh. was that uh, PUFA are essential fatty acids, hmm. and they're essential for making prostaglandins and for making membranes. And our brains, they say, are 60% fish oil. <laughs> and so if, if you don't eat your essential PUFA, uh, you won't have proper brains because the brains are ah. so PUFA-loaded. But at birth, uh, when, when you look at a, a newborn human or animal baby, their brains are defined as essential fatty acid deficient. Uh, we have the uh, mead acids in the newborn brain, which are uh, the defining sign of a PUFA deficiency. Uh, so if you want a, a newborn, fresh, uh, energetic, uh, able-to-learn brain, uh, you don't want it loaded with fish oil. Uh, that's something that accumulates all during adulthood, and by the age of 50 is increasing the risk of, uh, of nerve diseases. The polyunsaturated fatty acids we call PUFAs, right? Which accumulate yeah. in the brain. 
<clears throat> on the idea of electrons, we've been told that toxic substances steals maybe does it steal an electron or it's a it's a, a negative electron thing and that causes um, the cells to oxidize? Is that close? Uh, that 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 is one of the ideas, but uh, behind that, uh, if you cut off the oxygen supply, surprisingly, uh, you get uh, a surge of oxidative damage. Uh, if you run an animal at high rate uh, with thyroid or anything else that increases the mitochondrial oxygen consumption, their free radical production drops drastically. Uh, there's a good paper called Uncoupled and Surviving in which they show that the faster the mitochondria run uh, consuming oxygen, the, the less oxidative damage there is and the longer the animal lives. Uh, the, the saturation index is another. Uh, the the uh, cancer-free animals and long-lived animals have a high saturation uh, ratio to unsaturated fats. So how do we use that information to increase the our, our life span and also that of our animals? Um, uh, avoiding the PUFA. Um, avoiding even, the PUFAs again. Wow. Uh, yeah, with farmed salmon, they found that they had better health, better endurance if they fed them some saturated fats rather than than the fish oil. Uh, so uh, even the cold water fish do better without their their PUFA. So for the animals, we stick with the saturated fats, uh, just like for ourselves. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, just like ourselves. So does does vitamin C and other things like mm, kind of take take put this electron back on? Um, yeah, ascorbic acid existing inside cells where it is active and protective yeah. is an is an oxidant. It's called a dehydroascorbate, and uh, the dehydroascorbate to ascorbic acid ratio is at least eight to one inside the cell, highly oxidizing. Uh, so the so-called antioxidant it does uh, prevent. Uh, oxidative damage, but it does it because it's pro-oxidative. Uh, hmm. The, the uh, things in, in fruits and vegetables that are considered antioxidants work because inside the cell they are extremely pro-oxidative. And uh, if you imagine a cell which is suddenly suffocated and can't use its oxygen, mm-hmm. electrons accumulate because they aren't being uh, turned into water uh, with the oxygen. The electrons accumulate, and any iron atom, which had been in the inert uh, uh, F3 uh, positive, uh, it uh, catches the electron and is turned into the F, uh, Fe2 positive, uh, the reduced iron becomes a catalyst uh, for destructive random oxidation. So an excess of electrons is what creates destructive cell-killing oxidation by, does, by way of iron. Does, does regular ascorbic acid uh, get into the cells to put that... Uh, um, yeah, it's taken it? in and immediately oxidized to dehydroascorbate. And that's a good thing. 
Uh, yeah, and, and cancer cells, if you look at the uh, ascorbic acid content, it is uh, high relative to the dehydroascorbate. Mm-hmm. It, it has become reduced and is no longer working because the cancer has an excess of electrons. Hmm. So do you and do you recommend other people take daily doses of extra vitamin C? Uh, no, because um, milk and meat uh, are very good sources. Uh, I experimented stopping uh, all the uh, known sources, such as fruits, uh, of vitamin C, and ate mostly uh, milk and meat and eggs. And uh, several weeks later, I, I kept testing my urine vitamin C output, yeah. and it was still uh, up in around 3,000 milligrams per day, even though I was just eating milk and meat. Oh, so yeah, because you're a milk guy, right? Yeah, you're a milk guy. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Uh, here's an... Um, oh, 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 yeah. Do you have any um, knowledge or opinions of this very famous uh, brand, this lipospheric vitamin C, if it, if it works any better getting in the cells than the ascorbic acid? Uh, is that the palmitate? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I'm not sure if palmitate. It's lipospheric, live-on labs. I'm not sure what's in there. Uh, uh, years ago, uh, the sausage makers developed a, a, a palmi- palmitic uh, ester of vitamin C, and uh, that works for uh, preserving fats. Uh, so it was good in industry, and uh, they started selling it as a supplement. But uh, I don't think it's any better than uh, real vitamin C. You don't think it, it says much of anything? It's just a marketing thing, you think? I think so. Yeah. Well, they do good at that, that marketing thing, boy. They good, <laughs> good at that. Uh, Dr. Pete, um, this is from Glenn. He is, uh, let's see where Glenn is, in Colorado. I know you're a big fan of cholesterol and keeping levels higher than is recommended by doctors. My question is, is it safe to raise cholesterol levels by supplementing with dried cholesterol powder? And he's got another question, and we'll do this one first. Uh, hmm. There there has been research uh, with that, for example, in autism, uh, and I don't know what the source of their cholesterol was, but it did improve the autistic kids. But uh, years ago... Uh, Someone analyzed the uh, supposedly chemically pure cholesterol that was being used in uh, experiments feeding animals, and they found that it was pretty highly oxidized, making it toxic. So uh, even a 1% uh, oxidized cholesterol, I, I wouldn't risk taking taking a supplement unless you knew that it was uh, very close to absolute uh, unoxidized now, oh, so so the liver makes most of the cholesterol. Is that correct? Um, yeah, and okay. when you when you eat more cholesterol, you, you shut off your your own liver's production to a great extent. So, by eating a bunch of cholesterol, like eggs or I don't know meat, or it doesn't really raise that number that we like to keep up there. Um, uh, no, uh, forty years ago, someone tested huh. uh, uh, patients and and healthy people and and found that very sick people, you could raise their cholesterol with eggs. But uh, healthy people, at uh, 22 eggs a day, they still hadn't raised their serum cholesterol. So we we know with a lot of studies, a recent one of Sweden, that especially folks 60, 70, 80 up there, they, they have a much better 
of mortality rate with uh, higher levels, you know, high levels up there to 225. So, and avoiding dementia is very important. Yeah, and avoiding dementia. So how do people keep that number up there if the food doesn't do it? I'm kind of confused. Uh, the the um, thyroid and, and sugar are very important, <laughs> uh, keeping, keeping inflammation down in the intestine. Uh, eat, eating raw vegetables feeds bacteria, and the bacteria create... Uh, endotoxin, which poisons the intestine and liver, so keeping it uh, from making adequate cholesterol. Uh, so uh, uh, a diet rich in uh, non-irritating, easily absorbed foods, milk and orange juice are the, are the simplest uh, for keeping the energy hmm. of the liver up and the inflammation down. Very. So the raw foods, on you're a fan of cooking your vegetables then? Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. overcooking actually. Overcooking, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the the reason raw vegetables lower your cholesterol way down to uh, half of what it should be or less uh, is that they're feeding bacteria which are poisoning your liver, so it can't make the normal amount. That's that's interesting. Feeding bacteria that's causing your liver not to make the cholesterol. But I, I mean, all the raw food people they talk about how the raw Vegetables are they're feeding with good enzymes, and this is what we need as living human beings. Uh, yeah, but the, the liver left alone and, and giving nourishment knows how much cholesterol to make and how much to turn into uh, bile salts and hormones and so on. Uh, so uh, supporting the liver, it'll do the right thing, which is to keep your cholesterol uh, in the range of 160 to 200. Yeah, at least. And how do we support our liver just in general? Um, uh, yeah, avoiding raw vegetables is very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. And, yeah, getting getting adequate uh, calcium, sugar, sodium, uh, all of the essential nutrients. All the nutrients. Oh. Sugar uh, in the form uh, of, of fruits, right? Apples uh, and uh, oranges. Yeah, yeah one, one of the anti-sugar guys... Yudkin, uh, uh, I think, was uh, wrote a book ex- explaining that it wasn't saturated fat; it was sugar that raised your cholesterol, and that created the anti-sugar craze that it would cause heart disease. But raising your cholesterol, your liver's ability to make it, is just what we need, and what causes the cholesterol to rise uh, up to 300 milligrams percent, for example, is blocking the thyroid function because the thyroid function is using that protective cholesterol to make progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, and so on. Back to the uh, the, the power and the, the critical nature of this uh, organ, the thyroid. And don't you find it curious that there is literally an epidemic of thyroid dysfunction in our culture? Uh, just in uh, Broda Barnes' time before... Synthroid came on the market. He was uh, showing that about a third of the population benefited greatly and would avoid uh, premature heart disease and cancer in, in his career. Uh, none of his patients died of heart attacks. By doing what? By, a, by, by supplementing thyroid. Did he use a desiccated at that time? Uh, yeah, armor was the only thing he ever used. Mm-hmm. Which has a D, uh, T4 and T3, correct? 
Uh, yeah, it, it's the uh, it was the standardized mm-hmm. pork pork and beef uh, thyroid uh, standardized to uh, have have approximately a, a three and a half to one ratio of T4 to T3. T3. Uh, a listener wants to know the the names of the the brands that I might get if I wanted to move to a synthetic thyroid, as he Doctor Pete recommends. What are those names? Uh, Thyrolar was the standard for about 50 years. I don't know if they're even making it now. Uh Uh, Plus from Mexico is the one that I've been using for 30 years. Oh, that's from that uh, that Mexican pharmacy you can get, Sinoplus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh And you've been using that for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When the thyroid uh, production went from the armor company to Revlon, the cosmetics company. Oh, good. Uh, I stopped using it. <laughs> and when was that? Uh, around 1991 or two, I think. My goodness, my goodness. Dr. Pete, stay right there, okay? Mm-hmm. Really having fun. Boy, we have lots of action going on, lots of emails, telephone calls. We're going to do what we can here to take care of you. Uh, it's really fun, Dr. Hatmeen, Dr. Ray Pete on Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, Dr. Pete's website is raypete.com. You can also sign up. He's got a very uh, interesting newsletter, and it's very affordable. He can tell you how much. It's practically nothing. And uh, get that newsletter and stay up to date. Incredible amount of articles on his website. And as you can tell, he's uh, uh, well-researched and um, sounds pretty credible to me. Uh, raypete.com. Um Dr. Pete's a fan of uh, of, of um, milk, and we're kind of uh, a fan of of, of um, colostrum. I know that Dr. Thomas Cowan, a heart is not a pump guy, he's a big colostrum fan, and he says that uh, it can help to heal and seal up the gut lining. Um, and other people have said other people have said that, including Daniel Vitalis. Uh, Sir Thrival makes a great colostrum. If you'd like to try some colostrum, it's. Uh, um, it's the real deal. It uh, You open that little puppy up and it smells. I can remember the first time I opened it up and being an Italian Catholic, we had a lot of kids in my family, seven, six brothers and sisters, seven total. Yeah, I did the math, six and one, it was seven. And, um, and I remember the first time I opened the colostrum up years ago, it actually had that, that smell, that little flavor, that smell of breast milk. And believe me, I... I smelled a lot of breast milk around my house because I was, I was the only one who changed diapers and, and held the baby and stuff more than all my brothers and sisters. I don't know what that was about. But anyway, it's a, it's a nice product. Click on it, front page, one radio network, and get yourself some colostrum if you'd like from Daniel Vitalis Surthrival. Previously with Wayne Blakely, we were talking about the Living Streams probiotics. Oh, that's why when we do your bifido in the mouth, we do it for the yttrium. Because the right. actual bifido doesn't. But the bifido two product I have, you put it in your ear. It bypasses yeah. the gastrointestinal tract, and it goes through the lymph system, the drainage system, goes right into the small intestinal tract. It bypasses the gastrointestinal tract. That's the reason I developed it. Now, for 50 years, they've been developed a probiotic capsule that you could take that'll open up in that area, so the bacteria start growing. There's two problems with that. Number one, it doesn't work, and number two, they put a pathetic bifidos in there. They're they're weak and they're dying anyway. You know. What do you mean it doesn't work, number one? That's a bad one. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That capsule doesn't work. So that's the reason I developed a liquid product to bypass the gut. Well, why doesn't the 
the low pH just kill the liquid guys too. Because we put it in the ear, bypasses the gas. Oh, okay, that's the bifido too, right? Okay, that's the bifido too. You can use any of my products; do the same thing. They'll go right through, bypass the upper tract, and go right into the lower tract, and that's where the, your immune system kicks in down there. So we could use any of the living streams in our ear. Any, any of them? Oh. Oh. Put in here. It's all safe. How are we doing? Totally safe. Cool. That is pretty cool. That's where a good portion of the immune system is in the small intestines. Check them out in our store, Living Streams Products, all of them on OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with Andrew Goss, I asked him why would someone want to buy coins from his company? So if you don't know coins, you better know your coin dealer. And, you know, you shouldn't buy coins from someone who isn't well-known registered dealer. So if they're an NGC dealer, they're they're registered with NGC. If they're a PCGS dealer, they're registered with PCGS. Ask questions. Don't just oh yeah, here's ten grand or fifty grand or hundred and fifty grand. I just want to buy coins. Uh, you know, let me know what I'm getting. And no, that's that's not how an intelligent investor does it. And we do not let you do that. <laughs> so if you're if you're not willing to learn about the coins that you're buying. Maybe you should find another coin firm. Don't call this one because we're going to insist that you know why and and how a coin is rare. And once you know that, then I think you can take that knowledge into the marketplace and make intelligent investment decisions. Aha, what a concept, intelligent investment decisions. I've known Andrew for 25 years. He's the real deal. His company, STL, 800-468-2646. Give him a call if you're interested. 800-468-2646. 800-468-2646. Oh, I don't know what's going on. We're going to do a, a special remix archive show of Andrew Goss tomorrow, as we've been doing since Andrew uh, passed on, went on his cosmic vacation, I guess, about a month ago. God love him. We really miss him. And uh, so we're going to have a special show for you tomorrow. So come by. We're going to go over some of the things that are moving in the markets as well from all the places that we've done research. I don't know what's going on, but I'll try to figure it out. Gold is up 10 bucks this morning. Silver is up 15 cents. The dollar is down. Stock market's up a little bit. So we'll visit with Andrew Goss and have a special remix archive show. People are enjoying them because I, I put together two or three shows, so it's really jammed with the, uh, it's always fun. I've been listening to some of these old shows. What a wealth of information he is. By the way, with Andrew Goss, we have, uh, 11 years uh, of shows in our archives, so you can get yourself a real PhD in economics by listening to this because he really fills you in. So that'll be tomorrow, the Real World of Money Special Archives with Andrew Goss. Speaking of a PhD, Dr. Uh, Ray Pete has been around a while doing that. Dr. Pete, uh, uh, you do a, uh, um, a newsletter? Tell folks about that, how they can get that. It's sent out uh, every other month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 12 issues or two years, uh, the email subscription is $28. Oh, 28 bucks. Even I can afford that, a, a talk show host. Good for you. <laughs> That's a great price. So every other month for 28 bucks for two years <laughs> at raypeat.com. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, boy, we can't get away from thi- thyroid. So, But these are the questions. Is it possible to become thyroid toxic from T4, T3 supplementation, i.e., can the body store too much T4 and cause problems? Um, if it stores too much T4, generally that interferes with with the conversion uh, to T3. Hmm. Uh, so uh, 
the, the real problem with taking too much T4 is the risk of uh, turning off your brain metabolism. Uh, and uh, there is, if, if you take the combination, uh, taking it too, too too big a dose too fast uh, can uh, make you short of breath, uh, can give you a fast heartbeat. Uh, and uh, in, uh, I think it was 1933, uh, the JAMA magazine published a story about a doctor who had heard about Rhoda Barnes and preventing heart attacks with thyroid supplements. He had a patient uh, who uh, had just recently had a heart attack, and this doctor hadn't read really what Rhoda Barnes was doing, so he gave him a, a full-sized dose of thyroid, uh, in, increasing his metabolic rate, uh, with his heart in a, a failing injured state, and the guy died uh, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that uh, went out as a warning not to use thyroid. It would uh, kill you with a heart attack. I but, see. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, when it's used properly, it, it's the best single way to prevent heart attacks. Uh, but but if, uh, for example, mm-hmm. uh, a 40-year-old woman I knew had a, a, a fairly large fibroid uh, blocking her uh, fallopian tubes and she wanted to get pregnant and uh, I explained how uh, estrogen excess drives the growth of of those tumors and a thyroid excess will give you an estrogen deficiency and so she took armor thyroid uh, several grains a day uh, gradually worked up so that her resting heart rate was 110. Her doctor said she was going to die from uh, having a chronic 110 uh, heart rate. Uh, and then each month, the tumor shrank. Uh, and after four or five months, it had uh, become small enough that she became pregnant, had a perfect pregnancy. Uh, but uh, uh, that was a deliberate overdose. Uh, uh, women who are having uh, menorrhagia, uh, uh, hemorrhaging uh, from pro- prolonged excessive menstrual uh, bleeding, uh, that generally is hypothyroid, uh, and they can temporarily increase their thyroid, not only to the point of normalizing menstruation, they can, uh, uh, within a few days of, of using an excess of T3, they can uh, uh, create a, an estrogen deficiency and, and turn off menstruation altogether. Oh, yeah. uh, so it, it can be dangerous if you take uh, too much too fast, but uh, it, it's a matter of watching for the signs, increasing it uh, in very small. Little by little. That's, that's Gina's question. She's in San Diego. I purchased some of the T3 from the website I got off your uh, website, Patrick, in Mexico. How long would Dr. Pete expect that I would have to take the T3 at these small doses throughout the day to raise my body temperature? It's currently about 97 almost all the time. Um, it varies with body weight and age mm-hmm. and what you ate previously. Uh, but um, uh, if, if you have a sign such as uh, elevated liver enzymes uh, showing a sluggish liver, uh, the uh, small doses, one microgram at a time, 
within a few days, you can usually see normalization of the liver function. Oh. Oh. But if you carefully watch your, your waking temperature and pulse rate uh, uh, with, within, uh, since the T3 acts within seconds when it's absorbed, it's instant acting and acts as a catalyst to increase oxygen consumption. Uh, uh, that, that's the main virtue of T3, that with these very tiny doses, you can see exactly what you're doing. Uh, so you can avoid overdosing, where people, uh, if they start with T4 uh, and uh, ho- hope to get their temperature up, uh, they see no results in the first three or four days. But meanwhile, it's accumulating in the body, yeah. taking a, a certain dose every day. It builds up in your body for at least two weeks. So if you load up uh, because you see no results in no first results, three yeah. or four days, then it turns out when you do get up to the normal temperature, you're going to overshoot it and you'll be not happy. Interestingly, hyperthyroid yeah. for a couple of weeks until oh, it yeah. levels out. So are folks generally starting really low, maybe thirty milligrams on the on the T four, you know, the desiccated and working I, up? That that was Broda Barnes okay. typical starting dose. I've seen two people over the last forty years for whom that was too much, their really? heart heart raced, uh, and they had to go back to uh, uh, even even 15 micrograms for these oversensitive people can make their heart hurt or, or go too fast. They have to supplement uh, both sugar and magnesium. Uh, the, the thyroid lets your cells retain magnesium and potassium, and, and so oh. uh, eating... Uh, well, and maybe supplementing magnesium helps you uh, adjust to the thyroid because uh, it, the, your muscles will take away the necessary magnesium and, and cause your heart vessels to constrict and cause heart pain. Hope you don't. So, folks taking the T3 little by little, even one or two micrograms an hour, um, should they see uh, the, their pulse rate move up a little bit? I'm, I, yeah. Or not? Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very slightly, one or two beats per okay. day is, is fine. One or per, uh, two beats per day, you, did you say? Yeah. Oh, per minute per day. Uh, okay. Per minute per day. Mm-hmm. And would they use that as a gauge if they're taking too much or not enough, or just the temperature or both? Um, if you get up to the, the ideal uh, pulse rate and temperature in four or five hours, then even with T3, uh, you're going to overshoot because it has a, a 12 right. to 24 hour accumulating half life. Uh, so you don't want to get there the first day. Uh, even with T3, it's best to uh, work up gradually. Go real, go real slow. So what happens if you would be on T3 and things are going good? Your temperature's up, your pulse is up a little bit, and then you would just stop. Then what would happen? Oh, um, you got the hypothyroid, uh, like I did when I was. It would just go back. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, the you can. Uh, when I suppressed my thyroid so that I had these depressions in my throat, mm-hmm. I stopped it entirely, and the next morning my throat was smooth again. Hmm. And uh, several people who have overdosed on thyroid to the point of of having a, a collapsed appearance of their throat. Uh, just in one day, it pops right back. 
So is there any danger of being on T3 for a couple of months and then quitting and seeing if it's going to help you just work without it? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Usually two or three weeks you'll you'll see whether it's correcting your own thyroid. Oh, so you could get off it and see if it's going to hold. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, here's an email from, uh, I'm not sure, Amy. Does Dr. Pete have any opinion about using pure pine gum spirits of turpentine? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I I always uh, use turpentine as my painting medium, and uh, uh, some people are allergic to it, but uh, I always uh, felt that it was safe and beneficial to have some of the fumes around, and <laughs> it was uh, very common to uh, use it uh, for, for a, a poultice in, in a uh, inflammatory condition, mm-hmm. uh, even to take a drop of it on a sugar cube, for example. Uh, I, I think it uh, traditionally s- seemed to have some benefits, and uh, I, I think that the risk of allergy is present, but usually exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Here's a lady that says, um, I've never really had a menstrual cycle and began in ninth grade. I've, all, I've also despised upset me well very i simply decided in my mind not to ever have one not sure if this was part of it but 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 maybe a dozen times i've even had and i'm 56 i have bloated belly and probably some hormone problems um what do you think about this so she just decided she didn't want to have a period and she stopped having them i guess um uh, yeah the the um the cycles are governed by the brain, which governs the pituitary, mm-hmm. uh, which stimulates the ovaries. Uh, and so uh, attitude, uh, stress sure. is, the, is the main thing that turns off the cycles. Uh, it isn't good uh, for a, an uh, overstressed or undernourished person to, to get pregnant. Uh, and so the body regulates uh, to uh, uh, avoid pregnancy mm-hmm. when your, your brain doesn't want it. Do you, do you think when women go through menopause and they stop menstruating, that's one of the reasons why they generally live longer than us guys? Um, I, yeah, the, the um, uh, iron absorption uh, really begins at, at menopause because what fails uh, and stops the period is the production of progesterone primarily. Hmm. Uh, and the, the myth that menopause is a deficiency of, of estrogen is pure, purely a medical uh, birth control industry fabrication. Uh, uh, what happens is a failure of progesterone around the age of 45 or 50 or 55. And all of the tissues of the body make, progest- make estrogen. And in the absence of progesterone, they make more estrogen. And the progesterone is needed to cause the cells to release estrogen and excrete it. So when you don't have progesterone, you necessarily are going to have intracellular estrogen excess. Uh, Any stress will increase your estrogen production, but it won't necessarily show up in the bloodstream unless you have the progesterone which knocks out the the enzymes that retain it in cells and intracellular 
estrogen is active. For example, in a, in a breast cancer, uh, there is a huge amount of, progest- of estrogen being produced in the tumor. In, in uterine cancer, the same thing, that the uterus becomes the source of the estrogen. Um, in the 40s and 50s, they were taking out women's ovaries and pituitaries to treat breast cancer, not knowing that the estrogen isn't coming primarily from the ovaries. In experiments with monkeys, someone actually measured the amount of estrogen coming out minute by minute from the ovaries, and the control, they measured the estrogen coming out of the arm vein, and they found that the arm was producing just as much estrogen as Hmm. the ovaries. So a hysterectomy takes away your progesterone, but it leaves your arms and legs and all of your organs making estrogen. And and so you're estrogen exposed at beginning at menopause. And estrogen causes iron retention. And so in old age, women tend to catch up with men in the iron overload symptoms such as heart disease. Very interesting. Ray Pete, Patrick Timpone, com. Stanley wants to know if bone broth is as healthy as it claims to be. Uh, not if it's made with marrow bones because of the the fat and iron in the marrow, very high concentration of iron, which interacts with the fat. Uh, so uh, I, the healthy broth is made from the joints. The joint but, bones, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. lots of cartilage and, and uh, uh, tendons, mm-hmm. uh, lig- ligaments, uh, and uh, uh, the, all of the connective tissues that are rich in gelatin. But not the marrow bones. That's interesting. I give my my dog some marrow bones, grass-fed, and boy, she'll work and work and work to get all that marrow out of there. She's usually generally pretty smart about what she eats. Do you think she knows that she needs that? or? Um, It's very tasty and and nourishing Mm -hmm. in the short run, but if you do it uh, over the years, you accumulate too much iron and and broken down fat. Okay. Uh, Here's a telephone call on the phone. Who's this, please? Hi, I'm Patrick. This is Mike in Chattanooga. Mike, you're on the air with uh, Ray Pete. Go ahead. Yeah, Dr. Pete, uh, my digestive tract is a real train wreck and it has a lot of inflammation. I seen a chiropractor and he took an x-ray of my gut and he said he'd never seen that much inflammation in, in a man's gut. And so I'm real sensitive to foods and stuff. And when I juice beets, it, it really helps lower my blood pressure as a result of this train wreck digestive tract, my blood pressure wants to jump up a lot of times. If I eat certain things, it will irritate it, you know, like something that's really fibrous, it seems to, and so I have to really watch what I eat. Do you know anything that can help reduce the inflammation in a gut when it's really off the deep end like that, you know? The the main thing is to reduce the fermentable grains, nuts, vegetables, uh, starches uh, and uh, use the uh, foods that are easily, quickly digested and absorbed. Uh, milk, meat, eggs, and uh, sweet fruits such as oranges uh, are quickly digested and, and so they don't support uh, so much bacterial growth. And the, there are some fibrous foods that are also antiseptic. 
uh, cooked bamboo shoots, cooked well-cooked mushrooms, and raw carrots are antiseptic, antibiotic uh, producers, uh, as well as uh, being good fiber. Right, and and I juice a lot of carrots and beets together, and that nitric oxide will lower my blood pressure. And if I don't do that, then my blood pressure will be too high. Hmm. A lot uh, but, of days. But but the uh, carrot juice is very rich in carotene, and so if you do that uh, chronically, it's going to accumulate in your tissues, make your palms turn orange, and suppress your thyroid and testosterone. Oh, that's not good. Right, and that, that was where I was going next, is because if I eat broccoli and cauliflower, you know, even if it's cooked, all of a sudden I'll break into this freezing. You know, I mean, I'm that cold. I mean, it's just like I am freezing when I eat those vegetables because they shut down the thyroid activity, don't they, temporarily. That, that's true. Oh. Okay. Michael. I, I Ray Pete say this like maybe 10 years ago, and I've been watching it. I have to be real careful. I try to eat broccoli and cauliflower occasionally, but I have to really not eat much of it because it will make you just freezing cold. Oh, and then yeah. I use that Edgar Casey uh, iodine, the good kind, Patrick, that you have, and that will help warm me back up. Yeah, but, and, but Ray Pete, you said that, that the iodine really doesn't affect the thyroid like we have been told. Is that correct? Um, uh, usually uh, people eating foods from various regions will have at least as much iodine already. And if they use iodized salt, uh, around the world there have been surveys that showed that people who add iodized salt to an already good diet uh, have an increased in incidence of uh, thyroid inflammation, thyroid gland inflammation, and uh, thyroid cancer. Uh, because the the uh, for example a cow won't produce milk a chicken won't produce eggs if they're seriously hmm. iodine deficient hmm. so eggs and milk are guaranteed good sources of iodine okay uh, thanks for the call mike we appreciate it. on a past show this is maxi's in switzerland dr pete mentioned that hashimoto's is not really an autoimmune condition caused by the immune system attacking its own thyroid tissue could he elaborate on the mechanisms and reasons why the body starts producing these antibodies against the thyroid? Um, there were experiments uh, years ago in which a, a piece of a, a cow's cartilage uh, was implanted uh, and uh, the, the immune system recognized it as normal cow material, but then they twisted it uh, just mechanically uh, gave it a, a sharp twist and implanted that, and the cow's antibodies recognized it as foreign material and uh, began phagocytizing it, breaking it down. Uh, and uh, the immune system recognizes damage to your own tissue and goes in to remove damaged tissue as part of a normal cleanup process. Uh, hmm. In the last uh, 25 years, there have been two people uh, showing the fallacy of the usual 
idea of how the immune system works that derived from Paul Ehrlich. Uh, and they show that uh, uh, Metchnikov's, uh, he, he shared the Nobel Prize with Ehrlich. Metchnikov was an embryologist who had a very different idea that the immune system helped maintain healthy structure of the organism. And uh, these two recent uh, theorists, Jamie Cunliffe and Polly Matzinger, uh, have what they call the danger or damage theory of the immune system. That the immune system, uh, if you have an infection, the, the damaged human tissue is what the immune system recognizes and goes in and as a byproduct of correcting our own healthy structure, removing the damage, they take out the uh, cause of the damage just as a side effect. But if you damage a joint just by twisting it, your immune system recognizes it and uh, goes in, invades it with white blood cells. If you damage your thyroid gland by taking too much iodine or uh, too much PUFA that blocks its function, uh, that is an intrinsic structural damage of our tissue that the immune system recognizes as danger and damage and goes in to clean it up. Uh, same in uh, the brain. Uh, they've demonstrated that if you block the uh, white blood cells and antibody production that uh, are involved in encephalitis, that the encephalitis uh, kills the organism faster for uh, blocking the immune reaction. So the immune system is doing what it's supposed to do in this classic autoimmune situation? With um, it's uh, Somewhere it's limited and uh, failing to uh, finish cleaning up the huh. job uh, because it's usually it's an excess of estrogen uh, interfering with uh, the stabilizing hormones, DHEA and progesterone and pregnenolone, which stabilize the whole structure of the cell uh, so that the, the body recognizes it as good human material rather than random damaged material. Uh, so it's, it's a, a matter of re-energizing the cell that will stop the autoimmune process. Re-energizing. Uh, here's a question for you. Medical medium Anthony Williams, I've heard of him, claims that Hashimoto's immune response is really a body attacking a chronic Epstein-Barr virus hiding in the thyroid. What does Dr. Pete think of this theory? Uh, that is probably uh, valid as, as one of the causes of the tissue damage, but the Epstein-Barr goes wild in a hypothyroid person because of the, the low energy uh, we, we activate things like herpes virus and Epstein-Barr uh, when our cell energy is low. So it may be accurate, but there's a whole lot of other things going on, what you're saying? Uh, yeah, the oh. basic general thing is failure of energy. Failure of, ener failure of energy. Oh. Hmm. Uh, thyroid up energy and, and a PUFA energy down. Ah, PUFA down. Uh, I consume 325 milligrams of aspirin, writes Mark, right before bed, 625 milligrams upon waking for joint pain. It helps a lot. How much vitamin K would you suggest I use? Do I need it daily or weekly? Uh, one milligram a day is is adequate to keep your liver making the clotting uh, agents. 
uh, and one of the things the aspirin is doing is uh, activating the thyroid function, activating mitochondrial oxidation. It, it revs up your, your thyroid function. So aspirin, like he's using it, is, uh, is um, hmm, a sensible approach? I, th- I think so. Mm-hmm. So aspirin's relatively safe. Uh, yeah, you just, in the long run, uh, you, you can uh, suppress your immune, your, your clotting system. Uh, and so uh, the thyroid, uh, I, I did that myself uh, uh, using a combination of uh, penicillin and aspirin. Uh, I was going along feeling uh, very good, but I, I wasn't eating vegetables or liver, uh, and I became vitamin K deficient. And uh, tiniest little scratch i would drip blood for hmm. several minutes and uh, i realized that i had to eat liver or take vitamin k if i was going to use a combination of penicillin and and aspirin because uh, penicillin stops the uh, vitamin k production in the intestine hmm. interesting george writes in people with kidney disease and ammonia overload are being told to avoid potatoes because of excess potassium is there anything to this, or is it just mainstream medical mythology? Uh, the latter. Um, medical mythology. Sure. <laughs> A lot of that going on, right? Gosh, it's tough to keep up with this. Um, well, hold on a second. A lot of thyroid questions here. Mm. My wife, a woman 62, had a total hysterectomy all female ovaries removed. Can she live well without estrogen? She takes bioestrogen, progesterone, and thyroid. I know Ray is kind of anti-estrogen. Um, uh, it partly depends on weight. Uh, a skinny hmm. little person uh, is fairly safe for uh, uh, not producing too much estrogen. But the plumper you are, the more risk uh, you have of uh, uh, accumulating dangerous amounts of estrogen. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I knew a, an endocrinologist who uh, was giving his wife monthly progesterone, uh, and in her 60s she looked very young, and he said she was still menstruating because he was kept giving her the, the monthly progesterone. But her skin looked like a 30-year-old. Uh, because of of the protective effect of progesterone. Mm-hmm. What what could cause hot flashes to start up again after ten years of not having any? Oh, hot flashes have been taking Nature Thyroid for several years. Hmm. Uh, um, uh, various things can increase your uh, estrogen and nitric oxide production. A change of flora in the intestine. Oh. Uh, 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 that's one of the benefits of of a high fiber diet. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the natural antibiotics, uh, some of the uh, bacteriophage uh, viruses that kill bacteria, and uh, a few of the uh, antiseptic bacteria, uh, Bacillus subtilis, for example. Uh, can uh, normalize or improve the intestinal flora so that we aren't producing uh, huge amounts of nitric oxide. Uh, 
uh, estrogen, serotonin, mm-hmm. and nitric oxide are involved in the uh, uh, vascular changes that, that uh, produce the hot flashes. Here's an emailer that has hypertrophic cardiopathy, heart muscle thickened on the left ventricle. My symptoms are mild palpitations, a little bit of lightheadedness sometimes. Cardiologist doesn't have much to do to help me. Does Dr. Pete have any insights on this? Um, I, yeah, I have a, a couple of newsletters a few years ago uh, on the heart and progesterone and estrogen's effect. Uh, animal studies, uh, traditionally, they've uh, blamed heart enlargement on the thyroid because if you take gigantic doses of thyroid, keep your heart going 125 per minute, Hmm. Uh, that will enlarge your heart because it works harder. But uh, when they did this in rats and then gave them only a, a physiological supportive amount of T3, the fibrosis of the heart was actually reversed. Uh, the, the fibrosis is a, a product of, of uh, not enough oxygen, too much nitric oxide and estrogen uh, and uh, uh, stress, and by re- reducing the stress, keeping the oxygen and carbon dioxide up, lactic acid down. Uh, uh, if if you had your blood tested, you would prob- probably see higher than average lactic acid as a result of, of low thyroid function. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis writes in, my, my resting pulse rate is about 65, and if I get up to 70, I feel kind of anxious and and unsettled, much like Patrick has talked about. Yeah, I'm in the same way. I'm 60 all the time, boom, boom, boom. And if I get to about 65, I can kind of feel it. So what do you suppose going on for Lewis and I? I mean, we should be just okay with 60, right? I mean, do you think that there could be some improvement for us with low pulses? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, temperature is very important. Uh, some people can get their their temperature up and still have a slow pulse. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you, you, the, the central thing to think about is having a, around a 98.6 uh, temperature during most of the day. And that's the key, and then whatever your pulse wants to be to get it there, then that's fine, uh, yeah, is so what you're saying. Yeah. If you have a very big heart, it can do enough circulation with fewer beats. Oh, I see, of course. If you have yeah. a small heart, it has to beat faster, but uh, on, on average... Uh, I, I think people feel best uh, with a, an 85 per minute resting really? pulse. Really? Wow. Man, that seems like supercharged to me on a bullet train. I can't imagine that. But who knows? You know, that's really interesting. Does Dr. Pete recommend supplementation with B12 to either meat eaters or non meat eaters? And if yes, what type of cobalamin B12 does he recommend? I, I generally don't recommend it because we can make it in our intestine uh, and. Uh, in the last few years, I've seen many people with twice the normal amount of B12, wow. uh, and uh, it, it turns out that they have overgrowth of bacteria in their intestine. It, the B12 isn't hurting them, but when it's so high without a supplement, that means that uh, their bacteria are going wild. Oh, that's the bacteria in the small intestine, the classic SIBO thing we hear about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is caused by um, um, uh, slow slow digestion. Slow uh, digestion. When your thyroid is good, you should uh, 
make exuberant amounts of stomach acid and and quickly uh, get the digestion going and uh, then squirt out lots of enzymes from the pancreas oh. that uh, uh, the germs just can't survive in that environment. Mm-hmm. So the small intestine should be absolutely sterile all the way down to the colon. Emily gets loose stool, she says, when she takes even just a little bit of the T3. What is that telling me? Uh, that um, usually the estrogen is is very high, uh, increasing the serotonin, which is uh, uh, what activates the peristalsis too much, causing the diarrhea. Uh, and so reducing inflammation, uh, gradually nourishing the liver so that it can uh, uh, regulate those those hormones. Mm. Do you think it's uh, reasonable to take like uh, milk thistle and things like that to uh, keep the liver happy and cleaner and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, uh, several of those uh, uh, natural plant substances uh, can be anti-inflammatory. And, and for example, for uh, uh, mushroom poisoning, uh, milk thistle is, is a lifesaver. But uh, I, I knew one woman who was having chronic liver enzyme elevation and, and taking milk thistle for it. And uh, uh, when she stopped uh, the, the, uh, the large doses of milk thistle, her li- liver immediately uh, returned to normal. So an excess of milk, milk thistle can be irritating to the liver. Uh-huh. Uh, does Dr. Pete ever recommend doing blood tests? And can we learn something from them? Or are they just a, a snapshot in time? They, they can be useful. That's where lots of our information comes from. But I don't generally advise people to do it because the, the doctors are going to misinterpret them anyway. Yeah, you really have to have a good interpreter to do that. Huh? Yeah. Is cancer rights, uh, uh, Leroy, is cancer caused by too few or too many electrons? Um, uh, yeah, the, the uh, reductive stress... Uh, where you, your uh, uh, vitamin C, instead of being in the oxidized form, becomes reductive. Uh, the excess electrons activate iron to make it a toxic reductant. Uh, cancer characteristically has a great excess of reducing power, uh, and uh, uh, so it's, it's a, an electron excess condition. A couple more, then we'll let you go to work. What role does water play in regulating body temperature? Can hydration keep my fingers warmer in the winter? Um, the the hydration in the sense of blood volume does improve circulation, but that requires a balance of the sodium, calcium, magnesium, potassium, and that's regulated by hormones. Uh, such as thyroid and progesterone to to optimize the blood volume, uh, and uh, that will usually take care of of the uh, how much water you you take in and and put out by uh, adjusting your your thirst and kidney action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, the the, uh, the healthy person w- with a, a good uh, twenty five hundred calorie uh, uh, daily consumption uh, should be evaporating at least two liters of water just in their breath and from their skin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, One of our listeners said that 
on our first show we did with you long ago, you had about five, six, seven minutes that really explained the way to properly prepare grains, and uh, we won't go into it now. So we're gonna we're gonna dig that out and maybe make a file and let people listen to that. So there is a way, and I, I don't even remember it all that you can we can work with grains to make them much more um, user friendly for the body. Alkali cooking. Alkali uh, cooking. That yeah, was it. Ni- mixed tamalization. Uh, the uh, tamale tortilla uh, masa arena uh, hmm. method. And you uh, you explained that all on the on the original show. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get people to be able to hear that so they can do that. Um, Linda says, do coffee enemas deplete iron, or is donating blood the only way to lower excess iron? Um, drinking uh, quite a bit of coffee is helpful because it reduces the absorption of iron from your food. Really? Uh, and the enemas would have some of that effect, but I think uh, just a regular uh, having coffee with every iron-rich food mm-hmm. is very protective. Here's a final one for you, then we'll let you go. Can you explain the difference, writes Ben, between hydrogenated coconut oil, nut oil, and extra virgin coconut nut oil? Coconut oil. Yeah, extra virgin oil has all of the aroma and good flavor, but it also has 2 or 3% of PUFA left in it. And it has some proteins, which for some people are allergenic. The hydrogenated has been not only thoroughly deodorized, so there's no taste, but it has been treated so there's no PUFA left. So it's extremely... Uh, coconut oil itself is very stable against oxidation, but uh, the hydrogenated form is uh, um, essentially uh, uh, resistant. Uh, you just don't have the breakdown. There's there's no proof of there to break down. You think it's a better choice, hydrogenated? It's what I use. Uh-huh. And I've never really seen it, but I guess you can find it. Do they sell it in the health food stores? Uh, not no. yet, but there are a few places on the Internet uh, the first time I got it, uh, it was a free sample from the company, but the shipping was $200. Okay. But but what about all this, uh, the negative stuff that was said years ago about, like, partially, partially hydrogenated this and that, and even Whole Foods took all that stuff out of their ingredients? Uh, yeah. If you partially hydrogenate uh, soy oil or corn oil. Not good. A tremendous amount of the intermediates which are potentially toxic. Mm-hmm. But if you start with only 2 or 3% of, of the FUFA, uh, then the process goes to completion. Uh, there are none of the intermediates left. Oh, so it's not partially. It's just hydrogenated, which is di- a different quality of the product. Uh, yeah. For example, a Russian study, uh, they knew that peanut oil in itself is toxic, but when they hydrogenated it and gave it to animals, it restored aged mitochondria to their youthful huh. ability to oxidize. I'll be darned. Those Russians, they, they, they've got some pretty interesting research over there, don't they? they they're really into longevity on a deep level, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's why they drink a lot of vodka. That'll pickle you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. Pete, what a joy having you here. Uh, we covered a lot of territory, and I appreciate you being so generous with your time. And... Uh, uh, 
Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Hope you had as good a time as we did. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Dr. Ray Pete, raypete.com.